Best Behaviour, the podcast that navigates workplace culture one story at a time. Great to have you on board. My name is Gabrielle Harris and I'm Managing Director and Founder of Interchange. If you thought this was a podcast about how to sit quietly in a corner, I'm sorry to disappoint. Instead, we're diving into the culture stories of some of Australia's largest and most successful companies on the hunt for insights you can implement in your organisation. We're promising practical tips, a roller coaster of topics, and above average shits and giggles. Welcome to the very first episode of Best Behaviour. Chris and I had the pleasure of chatting with two incredible women who are at the forefront of shaping culture in one of Australia's largest employers. Coles manages more than 120,000 team members, which equals more than 1% of the Australian workforce, an absolute staggering number of people. Today, we have the great pleasure of sitting down with Josie Fakira, Coles General Manager of Organisational Effectiveness, and Fiona Scullion, Coles Culture Specialist. Having spent time with both of these women previously, they come up with some incredible insights, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi. Good to see you. You too. Both of you are incredible women who have achieved incredible things. And I want to know what got you interested in doing what you're doing. Tracy. It's a great question, Gabe. Um, So uh, many people in Coles and outside will know I'm a country girl by nature. So I grew up on a farm with family. Um, And so I suppose from my perspective, I've always been uh, interested in things that are pretty grounded and tactile. So you know, grocery, retailing, manufacturing has kind of been my background, but I've kind of really played in the people space. So found out very early in my career that I liked helping people and I thought, well, PNC or HR should be the way to go. Um, but actually, really, as I've, you know, developed in my career, I've I, that love of helping people achieve what they want to achieve has stayed. But seeing organisations do that and change has really become what I became more passionate about later in the career. So, um, you know, families still keep me very grounded in terms of the the practicalities of what what life is all about. And I think that really resonates in terms of, you know, what Coles tries to do from a community perspective. So I think that's how I found myself to be here. Was there any particular thing, Josie, in, um, in your time growing up that really attracted you to wanting to help people? Um, I think growing up in a tight knit community, you know, we grew up in a, a small town. We were not far out of town. Um, you know, so you you had to be tight knit in terms of the community. And I think in that community, you help each other. Um, you know, whether it's in sport, whether it's in you know just helping your neighbour around the corner. So I think my family have always been very community minded and helping others. And I think we just grew up knowing that that was how you lived life and. I think it's just resonated and taken me forward in a work context because I see the impact you can have, you know, sometimes big, sometimes small on someone's life when you you reach out and help with them and you make that connection. And I think that that community side just comes from that country upbringing. Thinking about taking that sense of community and small town engagement into something that's quite large, like how do you break it down into smaller parts to bring those that feel that vibe into goals. 
Yeah, look, when I joined Coles seven years ago, it's one of the things I didn't know about the business coming in. Um, you know, I you know, came into Coles knowing the brand and kind of the business side of it or maybe the consumer view as a shopper, um, but I didn't really understand the culture that well. And what struck me very early on was that sense of community and that real engagement with local communities. So your first week, first couple of weeks in the business – um, no matter where you start in the organisation, is working in stores. And so I got sent to a, two or three different stores in Victoria where where I live. And I realised very quickly that those local stores knew their customers, they knew each other as team members, and they could tell you things and they would have conversations with the local community, um, you know, the elderly in their area or, you know, the young teenager that was coming in after school on a regular basis. And so I, I was really struck by that sense of community at a local level, and it is store by store, or you know, air, you know, site by site, as we say. And then realizing that every team member comes into those stores and works, you know, a couple of times a year, um, we all go in store and do that, and that gets you grounded and back to, you know, what it is we do as a business, but also realizing those community connections are there. Incredible, Fiona. Hi. Hello. <laughs> So, Fiona, you're one of the um, preeminent cultural experts in Australia. I think that's fair to say. I'm really interested in getting an understanding from you as to what got you interested in it in the first place and drove you to continue your study and uh, build your expertise in this space. Good question. Um, listening to Josie's story, I think it's quite interesting because I grew up on a farm as well. It's <laughs> at a small village in Ireland. And um, I guess... Um, I probably would go back to why I got into psychology um, as well. I think that's the first point. And I was actually reflecting on that as I heard Josie talk. And two things, my dad always ran his own business. My mom was a teacher and um, kind of like specialized in special needs and special education very early on, um, about 40 years ago. And it was probably a little bit ahead of her time. But I love both, both, both of them kind of inspired me because my dad um, was a little bit older when he met my mom and had me. And I think for that and kind of like changed his career a number of times, like in his 50s and just created a new business. I always liked the commercial side of things. And the psychology piece came when I studied at school and I was doing a few topics and we would have touched very lightly on psychology. And I was like, well, that's interesting how people think, how they behave. That's something. So um, I guess for me, when I went and did psychology, I kind of loved the broad spectrum of what we learned around human behavior. Um, but I definitely was not attracted to the more um, kind of popular forms of psychology at the time, which is like clinical psychology and, you know, counseling and things like that. I was like, no, and I definitely didn't want to be in academia. So I kind of thought, no, I want to be something more commercial and business focused. So I decided then to do occupational psychology, which is org psych here in Australia. Um, and I studied and I did a lot of consulting and worked with lots of large organizations, both back in London and when I came to Australia. And I kind of got a little bit frustrated with the process because I would be working with organizations and thinking, oh, I get to a certain point and then I close the door and I leave. And I'm like, what happened with that piece of work? Did it go anywhere? So that's when I decided to go internal. But culture for me is exciting. It's how people think. So this is really interesting to start to explore and unpack what are some of the cultural attributes of Coles. I'm interested to go back a step and explore the history of Coles and what it is that has allowed it to be the incredible organisation that it is today. Josie, what's that journey looked like? Coles has been part of the community for 150 years, which is pretty incredible. Um, all parts of Australia, um, 
you know, serving 22 million customers today. Um, so there's not many people in Australia that aren't, aren't in or around Coles at some point. I think what we've seen in the last, particularly the last few years as we've demerged, is that opportunity to really live our purpose. So never more than ever has our purpose really resonated with our team and what we stand for in the community, which is through COVID and what we went through over the last few years, we've seen the role of Coles really stand up in the community. It was often the one place you could go. Um, and I think our team really resonated with that and felt valued for the role that they played in the community. It was always there um, in terms of that community connection and wanting to make a difference in their local area. But I think uh, never more than ever was that um, visible both to our own team, but also to the broader community um, when we went through COVID and some of those challenges. So I think it's it's really evolved, but I think that humility, there's a genuine care and passion to make it make a difference in Coles. Um, and, you know, th- we often say in Coles, we're, we're never better than in a crisis. And we see some of the most incredible examples of team members taking initiative and stepping up um, when there is a crisis in the community. We've had lots of natural disasters over the last few years. Um, I'm sure it's not more than before, but it feels like it sometimes. And what we often see, um, and I think about uh, Lismore, for example, we had a you know relatively new store manager in Lismore when the floods went through Lismore. She was part of a program where we were accelerating female leaders into store managers. And so she'd been appointed to that store. And not long after that, the flood went through and it went through the whole store right to the roof. And so she had Everything from how does she make sure there's food in the community and working with supply chain to make that possible, but also, you know, many, many team members were impacted by the floods themselves. And so she had a range of issues and that team really rallied both around the community, but around each other to support each other. You know, there's lesser known ones than the Lismore floods. Now that doesn't get news coverage usually, or um, but it gets heroed in our organisation. And I think that's the other thing from a culture point of view that we've really worked on over the last few years is recognising and celebrating team members for doing the little things and sometimes the big things that make a difference. Where Where's that evolution come from? What was the driver for that? Yeah, look, I think, you know, it's very consistent, but I think it's what it's recognising is we, we have a bigger social responsibility as Coles. As we talked about, we um, have 1% of the Australian workforce that works for Coles. We, we really think we have a, important responsibilities to how we grow careers, how we support people to develop in, in the workforce. But I think when we think about it from a social responsibility, we recognise that we all have to play our part in sustainability in Australia and we think we can play a broader role. So we do a lot around community, but we also want to make sure, you know, from an energy, from a um, sustainable practices that we are doing the best we can possibly do to make, you know, to help all Australians. And that's really where that comes from. So I think um, a slight evolution, but definitely recognises that we think we play a broader role in the community in Australia. Continuing along the lines of of purpose, I'm keen to talk about that COVID experience. It was a bizarre time. I'm so pleased that we actually don't say the phrase unprecedented times anymore, (laughs) new normal, that seems to have disappeared, thank God. But I'm going to use it again. It was an unprecedented time. It seemed to bring out the best and the worst in people during that time. And we saw incredible stuff happen in the supermarket from Coles. But we also saw a really ugly side where people had never had the experience of seeing a supermarket shelf empty. And and it was so destabilizing in such a ridiculous sort of first world 
problem. I wonder how the connection to purpose through that period, how you drove that. I don't know whether you were prepared for anything like that. You have spoken, Josie, about how Coles has responded to um, major issues in the past, but this was off the charts. I wonder how prepared you were for it and the, and the way that you pivoted through those early days of the pandemic and connected your team members to purpose as a result. Yeah, it's a great question, Chris. And I think uh, nothing could have prepared us for what we experienced. I think uh, what we saw from our leadership and what we learned really along the way, and I think you learn along the way through such big events such as that, our leaders really stepped up to the visible leadership. And I know we often talk about that from a culture and a, a people perspective, but I think nothing was more important than the way we communicated and the frequency with which we communicated to our team members in store. There was huge recognition in Coles of our team members were effectively at the front line. You know, the supermarket was often the only place you could go. I've heard some very funny stories of people finding any excuse to leave the house to go to the supermarket <laughs> to just hang out. You know, you would never have said that before COVID um, or, you know, or, you know, debating with their wife who was going to go to the supermarket. You know, that doesn't happen in my house, I'd, uh, I can assure you. We had that fight on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've heard some great stories of that, but I think we what we did was we stepped up with visible leadership, regular communication, and we learned along the way what really mattered to team members. We also recognised that we had really very different experiences of our workforce. Our team members in store wore masks for literally years. Uh, we had DCs that had to separate workforces, so they had to go into different pods so that they weren't interacting off shift. And then we had our store support centre where, you know, obviously we we run and operate the business from all working from home 100% of the time. Mm. And so it was really different experiences for different parts of our workforce. But really what mattered was how we connected them through our leaders. And our leaders really stepped up from a regularity of leadership. And it might sound funny, but just seeing uh, Matt Swindells, who is our chief operating officer on the TV, he was talking to Carl Stefanovic on today on a regular basis. Our team members really valued that because he talked about, you know, some of the challenges in store where people were fighting over toilet paper or, you know, there was aggressive behavior in store and really trying to encourage the public to understand that our team members were doing everything possible to make sure there was stock on the shelves and we understood how distressing it could be that you couldn't get milk or, or bread or, or toilet rolls. That visible leadership in the media made a huge difference to our store team members because they really felt supported. And then there was lots of stuff behind the scenes that we did around um, supporting them with wellbeing and resilience. And we worked with the Resilience Project, which we were already doing work with but we really dialed that up so that there was a safe space for team members to talk about some of the challenges they were experiencing, whether it was, you know, working from home full time mm. or whether that was dealing with the day-to-day realities of having to go to work in a store. Mm. And we've moved through the worst of that now. Thank goodness. Thanks goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm interested, Fiona, you mentioned earlier some of your impressions about the cultural attributes that exist in Coles. I'm interested in your thoughts around the current state. How is Coles maintaining team members' connection now? There's many examples. I think some of the things that Jules has just mentioned have 
continued, which is really great to see. I think that things around like the visibility of leadership has even continued now. And I, I wasn't there before, but um, in times of uncertainty, when the, if you think about it, we step back when the pandemic hit and um, I was working outside, looking in, in many organizations, you know, we would get questions constantly from the customers at my, or custom, my customers at the time, you know, what does this mean? How can we look back to look forward? And I think the last time that a lot of the research went back to was around GFC, so the uncertainty piece. And Sometimes an uncertainty, whether it's a merger, a GFC, a big global macro trend, is that usually leaders step back and go back into the boardroom and close the door. Uh. Um, and I think what the pandemic did for Coles and for many organizations is what I've seen was that it actually stepped forward. So that's one example is the visibility of leadership. So, for example, connection for us would be retail roundups, which is uh, every 68 weeks we have uh, all company updates. It's usually in the SSC in Melbourne. I'm going to go to the next one for sure. And I watch it via, you know, like a webinar like channel and it feels very real. And the last one was very emotive. Um, There was lots of things going on, like, you know, announcements around changes, lots of great stories. And that is just one way in terms of keeping connection. It's also about the symbols and I'll go to the culture and symbols. You know, we have people up there who are talking about projects that I've never heard of, that cold is so big, getting recognition around projects they've done, impact, what that looks like. So it's not just a aggregate like I talked about before, you know, the organizational view. It's very much comes right down to the team member, which really is a symbol of connection, but also connects us more because we feel both. Then the other way we do that is around in-store experience. So Josie mentioned that, but in terms of connection, I actually did three days in-store in my first week at Coles, which was awesome to see, to talk to team members, to really see the day-to-day. Also for me to really get you know, to embrace the reason why I'm here. It's actually what we're doing as a business. We're on the ground. We're dealing with the community. We're helping the community. Some might say we're selling bananas. We are. We sell lots of things. But, you know, it's actually getting, it's a real life experience and it's a positive reality check. And I think that's one. The in-store experience also goes to at Christmas and at Easter, which is really busy trading times. Everybody in this store support center will be in-store doing at least one day to help out. And that is repeated. So it's a bit of a ritual. And so you have to, it's mandatory. You record it on our HR hub and you kind of go there, you help out. And it's a great symbol for both team members on on the floor, but also for us and keeps us real, keeps us honest in a good way. So that's two. And I think a third one is the listening and feedback loop. We have surveys, we have our MySay, which is our engagement survey. And I think any culture and ingredient for that is feeling heard and most of all taking action. So we do that really well. And it's been a five-year journey and I've been both the outsider looking in, partnering with Coles and now inside as a team member. And I think that back to like, you know, it was very humble beginnings. There was a lot of learnings along the way, but we've got really good at responding to and taking action on our feedback. I've been in store. It's up there with their values and our behaviors. You know, they, they have written down what their action is for the next six months. Um, what the focus area is, what their action is. One of the things that we got um, last year, I think it was the increase in managers taking action um, increased by 24%, which is huge. Mm. Um, the other piece is... Um, How did you achieve that? I think that's a four to five year journey. I can talk about, I remember when Coles came to my previous employer to actually talk about running an engagement survey. And they were like, we've probably never run something enterprise-wide. That's been one survey. Um, so they established a baseline. And then that was the very clearly was the ask. Um, so they established a baseline of their engagement survey, but to achieve it, they went out first of all and said, we've never done this before. We're going to establish a baseline. And they told the business exactly what you're doing. So one thing to achieve an increase in taking action is clear communication. 
on what your expectations is of the survey, what you're actually going to do with the information. And if you're not going to act on it the first time, explain the why. Um, and then very slowly but surely the calls matured and we started to enable our HRBPs who are the tentacles into the business. What is a HRBP? A HR business partner. Thank you. <laughs> and I've never been one, but like I've worked with many of them and enabled them to enable them, their customers, their internal customers, their leaders and their managers on, first of all, how do you explain your results to your team? How do you like narrow your focus and not get overwhelmed with all this feedback and you want to fix everything? What's the most important things you want to fix? And then choosing one focus area. And that can mean multiple actions. That is an initiative process and cumulatively they get better, they improve and that's over two to three years. And then managers simply communicating again, back to communication. Here's the focus area. Here's the action I took or we took as a team. Here's how we're going. And then measuring that over time. And over time, people then see not just a survey, but an actual feedback tool. Individually, I'm being listened to. Oh, they value my feedback. Oh, I can see a difference in how that make, uh, and, and how that makes a difference for me or it makes a difference for our team. And then the managers themselves become more confident and the confidence grows. So it's like communication, confidence, action, mm. and repeat. And that's how then managers start to record the actions because they went, oh, that didn't go so bad last time. And I feel safe to say I maybe made a mistake, but I improved. That's how, over time, five-year story. <laughs> I'm so interested in the way that you've worked with the leaders to achieve the results that you have. So often we'll get leaders will saying, but I'm doing all those things. I go down, I, you know, I, I do my town halls. I go down and talk to people. And my, mm-hmm. Josie mentioned visible leadership. You know, I'm seen out there. What's the, what's the secret to the success in the way that you've worked with the leaders to achieve the success that you have? <laughs> because it's not just ticking it off. There's something else that's behind it. I think I'm going to show my age here. I've been in, in the people and culture space for a good 20 years or so. And Yona and I were talking the other day that we remember when you used to do engagement or culture surveys 20 years ago or 10 years ago, that would take sometimes four months to get those results out and distributed to teams and stuff. And I think what's really been impactful in Coles is the day the survey closes, leaders themselves can access those results. And it's really simple in articulating kind of what does it tell you about engagement in your team and then what are the areas to focus on? So I think that simplicity and speed of access has made a huge difference. You're not waiting three or four months for the people and culture team or or to for someone above you to distribute the results. So I yeah. think that's really been key. We're always listening to team members. So as Fee said, that ability to always be talking, taking on board feedback and then communicating what you're doing about it. We have a saying in Coles, you said we did. And that's been a bit of a mantra, particularly in our store communities and DCs where leaders communicate you said you wanted us to change something and here's what we've done about it. Fantastic. Coles is uh, experiencing some of the similar challenges that every organisation in Australia has been experiencing over the last 12 months, specifically this piece around talent shortages. Uh, And I'm interested to know, Fiona, what it is that Coles is doing to attract the right type of people into your organisation. It's a good question. Attraction is a big thing. Um, I think today we see... Um, the talent marketplace is tighter than it's ever been. Um, the impact of COVID on the size of workforce has had a real challenge for, you know, attracting particularly store team members. Look, I think over the last three or four years in particular, we have really focused on creating an inclusive workplace. And a lot of organisations are saying they're doing that or are focused on inclusion. But I think in Coles, we have really taken 
a really grounded approach to um, how we build inclusion in the organisation. So we've been on that journey for probably five or six years, building out how we support people in the pride community, um, how we increase uh, equity from a gender perspective in the workplace. And we've really started to focus on how we build that sense of belonging and welcoming within the workforce. So as we look at that, we really have tried to ensure that our recruitment processes bring a diverse range of people through into our organisation. And then from a leadership perspective, really starting to educate leaders around what does it mean to create an inclusive environment. And that's everything from store team members right through to our executive team of undergone that education to understand we all have biases, we all have preferences. How do I better understand my team and also my own uh, biases in how I recruit or how I lead teams? And that's been really powerful in creating a safe workplace. We uh, played a major role in World Pride and we brought together team members from across the country who had nominated or wanted to be part of World Pride. We had a whole range of team members and they came together for World Pride and we did some listening sessions with them to really understand what would make a difference in their workplace and, you know, both around attracting people, but also around retaining them. And what really stood out is no matter where they were from in the country, they said they feel safe to be themselves at Coles. And that really, uh, as someone who wants to support all of our team members, that really resonated that we had created an environment where um, they could be themselves, that they should could show pride in being part of the community, whether that was as an ally or whether that was as a um, identifying individual in the in the community. The other side of that piece, as you've just mentioned, is retention. What, what are your retention challenges at the moment, considering the current climate? What's the approach that you take in terms of retaining the great people that you have? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, you know, our tech and digital workforce are in um, hot demand, um, you know, not only in our industry sector, but right across Australia. Businesses are trying to automate and digitise, you know, upgrade systems, make things easier for customers, make things easier for team members. So that segment of our workforce is really looking for, I think, career opportunities and, and learning and development that supports their growth from a career perspective. It's one of the things that I think Coles has a huge opportunity in the next phase of our evolution is really showcasing the careers that we have in Coles. It is a big place, as you talked about earlier, Chris, and sometimes as a team member, navigating that from a career can be hard. Um, Knowing who to talk to across brands or across functions can be challenging. So one of the things we're really working on is how do we show team members what the career pathways are Mm. in the organisation, whether you're a team member in store wanting to progress into management or leadership roles or whether you want to become part of our grad program. I think there are programs or, you know, highlights in our organisation which show those career pathways. But I still think for us it's an opportunity to go further our CEO or our newly appointed CEO in Leah is a case study in that in terms of she has worked across not only operations and commercial, which are kind of the two heartbeats of any retailer, but she's also led the the finance function as CFO and she also um, has been leader of the people function. So there's not many people that haven't been touched by her leadership in their time at Coles and her ability to work across functions means that she really understands the business 
from every angle. And I think they're the careers we want to show people are possible at Coles. And you might not want that career path. You may be an amazing finance person, but we want to show you that there's even diverse career paths within finance. You know, we are self-insured. There's a self-insured component to our finance business. There's incredible commercial roles. And then you've got the tax and legal and and statutory, which in an ASX is a a really important skill set for any future CFO of an ASX company. You can learn how to do that in Coles. So, I think that's where we're looking to drive retention of our team members, show those opportunities, and then really support it with great learning and development. Um, over the last few years, we have partnered a lot with Deakin around recognising our internal learning from an MBA perspective. So some of our courses in category management, in leadership, are now recognised as, as a partial component of their MBA. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to ask the same question of Fiona around attraction and retention before we move on. What do you think... Well, what have been your learnings in terms of, from a Coles perspective, around attraction and retention? What do you think is important for organisations to understand about it from a cultural perspective connected to attraction and retention? It's a really good question, Chris. There's two things, and we've talked about it a lot already, and I think Coles already is like on that journey as around culture and purpose. There's lots of research out there that tells you that culture and purpose are not just key drivers of attraction, but also retention. And um, I was doing some research myself before this podcast to find, see if, you know, there was lots of research pre-pandemic. And I think with the pandemic, what we've learned is that some trends have changed, some have stayed the same. And there's a really interesting piece of research that I found that said that the insight is for me is that. I think now more than ever, you've got two things. You've got generational and you've got millennials. And I find PwC have reported that by 2025 in Australia, millennials will be 75% of our Australian workforce, which is huge. And then you've got the next generation coming in. And I think for them, culture and purpose is going to be even more important. There was a piece of research done recently and they found that if demonstrating a consistent culture and values employees are 23 times more likely to stay more than three years. So if you think of someone's bottom line and their turnover and then you think about their average salary. That's a lot. So how do you actually demonstrate that? And I think that's what's key. And we've got many examples of how Coles is trying to kind of get there. And we're trying to get there in terms of what we're doing. If we take millennials, um, we're doing, I don't know if Josie's mentioned it yet, but we're doing a huge Teams rollout. So Teams being your Slack, being your internal comms. And you might go, what's that got to do with culture and purpose? Well, it's first of all, it's a symbol to say that we are trying to, you know, meet the expectations of millennials and the younger generations coming in because that's their real life in schools and universities. That's that's what they do. Mm. They have immediate response. So, but it also creates that connection piece as well. So, yeah. And so taking that train of thought, I think here we go. I started it. (laughs) A huge focus for Coles. Um, How is the workforce going to evolve? I think I'm going to like um, pass a baton to Josie and take the pressure off for five minutes. Uh, Look, I think, you know, as Fiona has said, we know our workforce is getting younger and has different needs. So I think the workforce of Coles is going to continue to evolve in terms of what are the needs of the millennial population that are in in Coles. But we equally have, you know, many team members. I was looking up the other day, we've had over 600 team members that are in their 70s working in Coles, which I also think is pretty incredible. So I think we're going to have to continue to, meet the needs of both of those audiences from a team member perspective. I think what we really want to see in Coles is it's an exciting time to be part of that journey um, with a new CEO coming through. 
and the need, you know, the focus on sustainability in the community, we want to see that continue to evolve in Coles. We've done a lot to truly connect how we do things for customers with what that means for team members. And I think what we do from a sustainability practice is going to be really meaningful both to team members and to the community and the customers at large. And that really resonate, you know, comes through our innovation stores, but equally in what we do for team members around sustainability, it's got to be congruent with what you do every day in the office or how you deal with food waste in the stores. So we really want to make sure that that message around being a sustainable student market resonates both with customers and with our team members alike. We have a fantastic grad program that sort of takes 200 team members for two years and really shows them the diverse roles that they can do in the organisation. And what we're really working on is unearthing those people from within our stores who might be doing a casual job at Coles whilst they're at uni or finishing school and showing them that there is a pathway in Coles. And the grad program is one example, but we want to show them even more pathways into leadership and management. And I think really starting to share more about, you know, what a great culture Coles can be and is... um, as Fiona mentioned earlier, it's a pretty humble business. So we sometimes find it hard to talk about all the great things that are going on in the organisation. So I think being out and proud and, and recognising team members and sharing stories even more will further show what, what the culture of Coles is like. Fiona, do you want to add to that around the themes of leadership and career pathways connected to culture with, with within Coles? Um, I think you'll see as um, kind of like talked about the main things that we're focusing on. I think one of the things I was thinking about when Josie was talking about career pathways, and this is just my own personal observation, I work within the uh, culture and engagement team as part of the larger organizational effectiveness kind of like BU of the um, our people team. We have like 250, 300 people, maybe 300 plus now in our people team. And coming into Coles, um, there's two things that I've noticed is that there is a lot of tenured team members. Uh, some of the people I work with, my manager, Helena, who uh, was actually a graduate at Coles, and she has kind of, you know, moved around different people roles and is there nine years and also went into, I think she went to the commercial end of the business for like a a number of months as well. So that's one example that brought to life. And that's the kind of observation that I have as well, that you're working with people who have been in tenured and also had lots of variation. And I think they're awesome examples of where Coles is going to bring that to life. The second one is somebody who works in our capability team and actually came out of stores. So she she worked in stores and was a store manager. I think she um, joked that she's knocking on the 20 year, year door at Coles and is looking forward to seeing what bring, what's next. And she's now working within the learning and capability team and um, leading programs there on how to kind of, you know, develop our team members. And I think observations around future of Coles is the career pathways. It's like bringing those stories to life and the leadership piece as well. When I came, I had to do lots of different modules around safety and compliance and all the rest. But then I got to like really deep dive into our learning platform, which is unreal. Josie mentioned MBA and things like that. Like, you know, modules, we've got Coursera on there. You know, you can do different courses yourself, self-learning. We constantly have people coming in to speak to us about like, you know, topics of time management it might be very people related or otherwise storytelling is huge yeah there's a lot of like in terms of future of calls it's this is just the beginning when it comes to learning career pathways i think those are the kind of things we talked about myself and josie were talking about you know what is the future of career pathways what could that look like at calls because we're a hundred thirty thousand something people business that's like five businesses wrapped up into one you could like network your own career at calls that's a potential we can often be joked about that but it's like you know it's so huge and so vast so i think that's where the future is as well as kind of like being even more inclusive 
Um, I think some of the work we've done in the DNI space and soon to be DEI um, at Coles in terms of maturity is amazing. Word Pride being an example of where we came from a very humble place to there. It's exciting times. Mm-hmm. And we've now got a female leader. Like, you know, it's like an even more, that's iconic for me, talking to my peer group and sharing that with them and having their opinion, like asking for their opinion. They were like, you know, the future's only going to get better. Coles now, I can say this, and this is not a very humble statement, but I'm going to put it out there because I'm very proud to work at Coles, is that um, for female leaders coming through now, or any leader coming through and seeing Coles, the iconic brand, 150 years plus history, appoint a female CEO for everybody else in the market, they're, they're suddenly looking to Coles. Isn't that awesome? That's great. That's where I'm at. Fantastic. Um, so there's probably some other things I'm supposed to ask you, but no. I won't. Um, ask any question you like. Uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> You've both spoken so passionately about culture at Coles and the the challenges of having 130,000 people marching in the same direction towards a common purpose. What is on the cards for you over the course of the next few years to maintain or actually even evolve and grow that culture? Yeah, look, we think about that every day <laughs> in terms of how we can make a difference in that. I, I think we really want to make sure that we understand the needs of our team as it evolves over the next five years. So it may sound really boring, but actually doing a lot of what we already do. You know, we talked a lot about the frequency of my say, our engagement survey and listening. And I think that will allow us to evolve our culture with our workforce. We know things like wellbeing and inclusion have become more important to our team members in the last three or four years. And we heard that loud and clearly and it's through those channels. So I learned many years ago from a great um, PNC leader that I worked with that doing things well and consistently will get you there faster than trying to always change your culture. And so I think for us, it's about you know, the things that are working, keep them going and keep listening to the workforce so that we can evolve as they evolve in terms of what their needs are. You know, wellbeing is a very important one at the moment for them. And so keeping the programs going that really support wellbeing, developing leaders that can support wellbeing and know how to handle those situations is really critical to our path ahead. So look, we're very excited about what the journey looks like and, and how Coles will continue to evolve in the future. I don't know how to follow up on that. I think that's summed it up. Amazing. We're lucky to have two very successful women here on our podcast today as part of a a massive organisation in this country that is now run by a female CEO. What advice do you have to younger women who might follow a path that similar to what you've taken? What have you learnt along the way in you putting your mentor hat on now? What's some advice that you could give to younger women to steer them in a in a similar direction? Yeah, it's a great question. This morning I was doing mentor walks, which is a partnership we have, which is mentoring women of all ages and helping them and answering their questions. So we're kind of living that conversation as we speak. The advice I often give and I wish someone had given me earlier in my career is really to take the opportunities that exist and, you know, ask for what you need. Don't be afraid to ask for help along the way. Often the roles that I've taken that I didn't think I wanted to do or someone said, you really should go and do that role, were often the best learning experiences. So I really encourage you know, women or anyone that's joining the workforce to really seize opportunities. And sometimes the biggest things that you'll learn are in the jobs that you maybe don't think you either want to do or need to do. That would be my strong advice. And I think finding, you know, sponsors and mentors, people that you can um, 
sound out your ideas, ask for help is really important as you as you grow your career. Thanks, Josie. Piano? I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> um, a couple of things. Um, always be curious. Um, when I say that, like, you know, listen and learn along the way and always ask the questions, even though it might seem like silly questions. I think when you start out in your career, you're always like, I can't ask that question because it's going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. And I think that the world has evolved, that that growth mindset is really powerful now. And to be humble and curious is really important. Another one for me is finding really great mentors along the way, not just in what you do, but also outside as well. And always asking for advice goes back to that country upbringing, being humble and keep being grounded, you know, and those mentors might not look or feel like, you know, what you think is good for you, but it's someone's opinion. And it's always, you know, the ones that seem so far away and and their take on your scenario is probably the most helpful. And the final one for me, what I've learned is taking opportunities, um, even though they seem really small and you're going, well, you know, it's not got the breadth. It's not the biggest company in the world. It's not got the most variety, but you sometimes get lots of like gentle and fun surprises that sometimes they work out the best. So that's the one that, that's probably the biggest takeaway for me is um, the small opportunities can grow. Um, you get large opportunities, but suddenly they can change and evolve dramatically. And I think the small opportunities is where you have the best learnings. So, yeah. Fantastic. What advice do you have to young women? Sleep more. <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Don't have children. Don't take them on a holiday. Don't go, Don't go on a holiday with your kids. <laughs> so many things to advise you on. Uh, I have one more question. What is your favourite indulgent drink? So at the moment, I am a bit partial to a G&T. There's one called Green Ant, which is made by an Indigenous company that um, supplies coals. And it's refreshing and it's interesting and it's got a great story behind it. So that's my that's my drink of choice. I'm going to get myself some of that. <laughs> Fiona? Well, I've just come back from Bali, so I came back with some Kuwait coffee. I think they call it poo coffee. Oh. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, is that the bean that yep. goes through the animal? It goes through the animal and it comes out with, um, it's even better. And apparently, um, I was, it's, <laughs> talk me through this. Oh, I've got pictures that it's, there's a, it looks like half a cat <laughs> with a, a cat with a, like a, a kind of like a long tail and, um, they digest the beans and then they poo them out and, Apparently, it helps with the flavor. Oh, no, that's not. Right. Yeah, so probably they only select the best. Luwa coffee, that's what it's called. Sorry, not that's I got it wrong. L U W A K coffee. Um, apparently, it's pretty expensive um, in different parts of the world because you only have two places you can get it in Indonesia, I think, and in Thailand. So, there you go. This is the most extraordinary so, thing I've ever heard. It's delish. So, someone's <laughs> walking around following this animal, waiting for it to poo. They feed the coffee beans and then they go through a rinsing and processing process and then you, I had a cup of the coffee there and it's actually quite sweet so even if you don't like coffee it's a pretty sweet drink it's nice really disturbing thank you for going up I know <laughs> what do you expect to do the yellow ski thank you ladies thank you for joining us it was lovely talking to you so good I really hope you enjoyed our first episode of Best Behaviour. I'm really excited about being able to bring you stories about the cultures that exist across Australia and New Zealand businesses. And I really want to thank Fiona and Josie for being first cabs off the rank and providing such great, incredible insight. 
The main thing that I took away from today's conversation is how Coles have managed to consider itself as a community organisation. Whilst it's an enormous conglomerate of more than 120,000 people, Coles have taken the time and effort to consider how to build and focus on micro-communities within the macro-entity. Every person that works there is considered important. Every community is considered important, which really increases the focus on well-being and also the overarching value proposition of the organisation. In our next episode, Chris Gavardi and Kate Whitnish, two of the directors at Interchange, will be having a conversation with two of the executives at FunLab. FunLab's an iconic and fun brand representing Strike, Archie Brothers and Holy Moly. It'll be a great conversation. I hope you get the chance to have a listen. That's all for this episode of Best Behaviour, powered by Interchange. If you've got any questions or thoughts that you'd like to share with us, you can message at interchange underscore co on all social platforms or email podcast at interchange.com.au. For more information about Interchange and the work we do, check out the show notes for links on our website and social media channels. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, be good, stay curious. Thank you.